Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning this episode of Nick Egan Times. On this episode, we have a sensational guest. We have Andrew C. Fisher. Andrew C. Fisher is a US filmmaker and writer. Andrew has just released his new incredible latest project, Thanatos, which the first installment of the web series has amassed over 750,000 views on YouTube and counting. Uh, welcome, Andrew, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How's it all been going over there? Uh, in the in the States? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. Pretty good. It's cold in New York. Um, cold for me anyway, because I'm coming from Texas originally. So um, it's it's tough when it gets cold, but it's good. Things are things are going well. Cool. How long are you in New York? In New York for? Uh, it's it's open ended right now, but we have a screening for Thanatos on the 26th of January. So gearing up for that. Getting excited. That's, yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. Incredible. All right, let's jump straight into it. Um, take us back. Tell us about your life story, how you grew up, where you grew up, and, yeah, like your family and how, obviously, the journey's begun for you. Sure. All right. Yeah, I uh, I originally am from the Gulf Coast in Texas around Galveston area. I So... Yes, like I was, I grew up right on the water on the Galveston Bay, and it was just me and my mom for a while. Uh, you know, grew up in a working class environment, um, and my stepfather, who's been with us since I was twelve, he um, great guy, and but you know they're they're both um, in the in the world of you know, working in the factory is the, is like the, the highest level, the epitome. Um, that was, that was a big break for my mother when she got a, a job at the local factory. So it's, you know, just in a working class kind of blue collar environment. And so it's not real encouraging of the artist lifestyle. I, I didn't have a lot of, well, there was, there wasn't money. By the time I was ready to go to college, there wasn't money for it. So I got a scholarship to go to this really small school in New York called St. Francis College. And um, I figured I'd go there and I studied philosophy, but at the same time I was doing acting classes in the city. I was interested in performance and figured if I can get a scholarship here, then I might as well go to that and try to learn as much as I can in the city. And uh, did that for a while and everybody's telling me that I should be in film and television. So I, and, and so, and this was a while ago. So there were way less opportunities in New York at that time. And everybody told me to go to LA. So I, I went there and, um, and I learned how to make movies in LA. I didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. I got more opportunities in New York. Um, but uh, LA in, in many ways, it felt like doors were closed, but, um, but I, in some ways I think that was a positive because, because it, it made it so that, so I started in performance and I just got, I got really tired of waiting around. I got tired of the kinds of things that I was doing. I wanted to work on stuff that was more significant. So I decided to figure out how to do it for myself and learn how to make movies. And, uh, and then that, you know, led to a bunch of different projects and then I I ended up back in Austin and 
that is I so that leads us all the way up to this project. I'm I met Kasha in New York and she was interviewing me because I was doing a screening in New York. And um and at the end of that, in a real casual way, she told me that her boyfriend said that she uh, needed to find a sub because he was tired of getting his ball smacked. And okay. that just set off my imagination. It was I, I thought man, that's what an interesting situation. And, and what if, you know, the person that you invite in to get their ball smacked, right? What if, what if the two of them have a really strong connection and all the complications that arise out of that? And, and so then I shot that, uh, a short film in Austin and Kasha was good enough to, to come down and, and do the short film. And then we released it online and was really surprised by the, response it was um you know it was, it was really I've, I've been doing this for a while it was the first time that people outside of my friends and family were interested in what I was doing and got a really great response from the kink community also just that and that was encouraging just because they were they found it refreshing that it wasn't it didn't feel like they were being exploited you know that it was mm. it was just it was just people you know, a relationship movie or a relationship piece about people that happen to be into kink. So, um, yeah. And that, and then, and so because of that, we were able to raise money to shoot more of it. And that's what I'm screening now. That's the, the latest screening is going to be the continuation of that. That's terrific. That's incredible. Um, how hard is it to make a film? Like, what is what's the logistics and I guess the background of it? Like, how hard is it? I, it's, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's, you know, the the hardest thing for me is is getting talented people to come together and do the thing. You know, get them all in the same place at the same time. And, and get them to commit to working on it. That that is the most difficult. When you when you don't have a a fire hose of money, that that to me is the is the most difficult thing. Um, you know, there's been a lot of technological advances that I'm really grateful for. You know, a lot of the costs have come down, but that's still the the most. It, it, it and it kind of is a little bit of a. It irritates me a little bit whenever people talk about. Um, oh, you could just shoot it on your camera, your your phone or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you could, but you really need somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, and, you know, and you're not, if you do it yourself, it's not going to look great. And, and you know, who's helping you set up lights and, and all that. So it's, you know, there's just, you need a, you need a team of people that all know what they're doing to really pull off something that looks good. And, and a lot of times those people are busy. So that would that be the most difficult thing. That's great insights. Um, when obviously you're shooting and they're doing it in those kind of situations, how does that get awkward, or like how do how do you I guess um deal with it? You mean like the BDSM stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, for that first one especially. I, I really let Kasha take the lead in terms of okay well how would this how would this play out she was she was our expert on set and and then for the continuation it was it was her and it was one of the producers 
that were there just kind of letting us know what this is this is really how it goes down and and so i mean it's kind of like any intimate thing you got to make sure that everyone in the room is respectful and that they're not making things weird and if they are then they need to get out of the room um but but for the most part it, i think we were all you know it wasn't it, it never got weird for me and i had, i didn't hear anything from anybody else it's you know but you have to definitely you have to be with people that you trust and and i have i've definitely i've made things i've i've uh, you know just acted in things for people where you know you have you just you make sure there's like two or three people in the room because you don't need any more than that and otherwise you know if if, if you have a, a grip over there that's just sort of gawking at everybody then that that makes things awkward so if they don't need to be there then then they go <laughs> yeah, and, i get it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 you gotta keep it professional <laughs> yeah and and not to say you know it's not like that's a it's not like any kind of stereos grips are you know very professional if you, if you get the right one and everything's fine but yeah i would i would say um yeah you just got to keep it professional that's that's the main thing very enlightening um tell me Tell me about the BDSM community um, and what that means to you, what they mean to you, because obviously they're a high, I guess, audience for you. Um, yeah, yeah. What, do, what do they represent to you? Well, I, I'll tell you, I mean, and in that in that first short, the character is similar to me where, uh, you know, the, the character doesn't know very much about the BDSM world. And that's that's the way I was entering. And I was I was very interested. I tried to be respectful but I didn't know much about it. And, and Kasha was really my entry in. And then, and then through that short, there were people from my past that reached out to me that, that I didn't know they were into that world. And they were like, man, this, this, this is really great. I, I love what you did here. I want to get involved. How can I, how can I help out? And so, so I got to know a lot of people through that and, and I felt really supported by that community. And, you know, they, they told me about different, kind of um social media kind of groups that they were involved in that they reached out to and some of those people who i didn't know them at all they uh you know contributed to making the this next installment so overall i've i've just felt really really supported by that community and and really wanted to to do right by them and and make something that that they again felt like this is it's not exploitative it's not you know you're not just trying to like you know titillate or anything it's it's just people who are into this who are dealing with their lives and uh so there's that aspect and then and then the other aspect is i've i've kind of dipped my toe into doing some of that um you know rope play and that sort of thing and it's it's been you know and I and I'm I feel a little more confident saying it because I I talked to um, another a guy that's big in the community and he talked about it uh, being a kind of therapy. I didn't know if that would be something that he um, that that people didn't like, and I, maybe maybe it still is. But but for me, it really feels that way. For me, you know, if I'm if I'm getting tied up, it's like I'm I'm having to deal with some stuff, and I and it's really pretty good, you know, as long as you're in good hands it's um it's an intense experience and it's and it's something that's been really good for me to work through 
Wow, that's sensational. Is that is um I guess is this I guess how do you call it niche or genre of um type of film? Is that where you're headed? Like, is that where you see your future? Like, creating these um web series and films? I no, I would I would uh I'm I did this one because there was interest and support and um. I'm I'm interested in making more movies and in all different types of movies. And so, you know, I I, I want to do this as well as I can and um and I do think I think there's a there's a there's a fair amount of hunger for this kind of thing like I you know, everyone always brings up people in the King community like pretty much without exception have brought up 50 shades of gray whenever they talk to me about this work and, and how much they hated 50 shades of gray and, um, and, and how much they prefer something like this. So, so I, I think that there's, there's, there's a little bit of a, a hunger for it. And that's, and that's part of why I wanted to keep making stuff and, and, and provide something and, and see how much, um, see how much people respond to it. But, but I wouldn't say that this is just going to, going to be the only thing that I do. I mean, I really, and I really see this as a, a romantic dramedy, right? I'm, I'm just really interested in relationship pieces. That's fantastic. Um, your trajectory I can see now is on a very high scale. So yeah, it's incredible. Well done. Thanks. Um, what, what inspires you daily? Say again. What inspires you daily? Oh wow! Uh, I guess daily. I guess the the biggest thing is wanting to wanting to provide something positive to my community. <laughs> I. I man, that's it's such a great question. That it, and I I just don't want to I don't want to give any just a because that's so vague. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I I'm I'm looking for ways to to make every environment that I'm in more positive, in in whatever way that that manifests itself, and and that's that's really the thing that's inspired me to try to keep improving, to try to keep getting better at at what I'm doing, you know, to to be the to be the best writer, performer, director. Um, so yeah, it's that it's a you know, what inspires me, it's the love of humanity and, and wanting to be a positive contribution to that, even though, that, I don't know, it sounds kind of cheesy or something, but I think it's true. <laughs> well, I think that's um, fascinating and very impressive, a very impressive uh, answer. All right. Um, tell me, what's the best piece of advice you've got or the advice you've received so far being in the um, film industry? I'm, I always hesitate for this because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the, because I, I think everybody's journey is different. And 
and I think that, um, you know, if somebody was to look at me, they might not, they might say, well, who's that guy to give advice? But uh, I would, I guess if, you know, if I could talk to myself as a, as a younger man, I'm, I might say, uh, you, you've got to stay really strong in, in what you want, figure out, figure, figure out just exactly what you want. And, and what are the steps that'll move you towards that thing? And every day be re refocused on, on what it is, that, what is it specifically that you want? Cause otherwise it's just going to be other people that are, um, that are getting what they want through you. Right. Um, and you know, and, and that, that could be fine, uh, depending on, you know, maybe, maybe you're just super content with, um, with that kind of situation. But I think, I think an, if you're trying to be an artist, then you really have to get clear on your goals and always be working very, very deliberately and specifically towards those things. Great answer. <laughs> if you were 18 again and you could change anything personally or professionally, what would you change? If I could do you it all are, over? Yeah, so say you were 18 again and you could change anything. It could be personally, professionally, whatever. What would you change? I'm so sorry. What was the first part of that? If you, if were, I, if you were 18 again and you could change ah, anything personally okay. or professionally in your life, what would you change? Okay. 18, I would have... I would I would have gotten involved in the um, in the entertainment industry right away. Uh, I think that that would have because because what I did was I went to I went to college because I felt like I should and I was getting a lot of pressure to do it and uh, and I'm glad that I got that education. I'm you know I'm, you know if, but if you're if if you know if I could if I could change the trajectory I I think. Um, I think that I would have just I would have gotten into the mix and and started building community a lot earlier. Cool. And what are what are the other um, future projects you're planning on working on? Well, I'm I'm often acting in other people's things. Um, that's kind of varied. I'm I'm always writing. I'm I'm doing a lot of editing. Um, but I'm I'm writing my own projects, hoping to someday be able to get financing for those kinds of things, and um, and doing a, a fair bit of editing for mostly for independent film work. Cool. Um, have you had any mentors in your career that have helped you? For sure. Yeah, I one of the my biggest mentors is a, a guy in Austin that um, he was an actor in New York city, professional actor. And, and we connected cause he, he saw a piece that I um, was, I released in Austin many years ago. And um, it was just a few years ago that he goes, you know, you're, you're doing everything you should be doing, but you're in the wrong market. And he, he said, you know, you need to get to, one of these bigger markets in LA or New York. And that, it was really that, that push that kind of, that motivated me to just, cause you know, in, in Austin, I was, 
um, it's, I was fairly comfortable. Um, and, but I was spending all my money trying to grow as a filmmaker. And, um, yeah, so he was, he's a big mentor in my life. Um, yeah, I've, I've had, I've had several, I mean, Superb. What are what are your passions and hobbies aside from, I guess, your busy life with what you're doing? What do you like to do if you've got downtime? Uh, swimming is one of my favorite things. Love swimming in fresh water. Big, big bodies of fresh water is Barton Springs is one of my all time favorite places. That's in Austin. Um, and then I swim in you know, a classic neighborhood pool too. Uh, bicycle riding is another big thing for me. And then just getting, getting out into hiking, uh, getting out into the, into the mountains as often as possible. Cool. Andrew, thanks for coming on the podcast. I do appreciate it. It's incredible your work. Um, your future looks amazing. And yeah, thanks for coming on. All right. Well, thanks for having me. You're welcome.